Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Come Follow Me, A Disciple's Journey. On this week's uh, episode, I have a great guest. Um, she's an author, motivational speaker, uh, business owner, and the mother of my beautiful bride, uh, Devery Ficklin. Devery, thanks for coming on this week. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. Uh, Devery uh, has written, you know, a book. She's got, and like I said, she's a motivational speaker. So she, just like last week, Danica Holdaway was the Danica Holdaway from DanicaHoldaway.com. This is the Devery Ficklin from DevryFicklin.com. So if you want to go check her out, um, she has some great stories to share and, so, and um, has some great insight on life and, and trials and overcoming uh, difficulties and uh, hurdles and, and things like that in life. So that's one reason I'm super excited to have her this week as we talk about uh, the people of Limhi and their deliverance from bondage and Alma and his people and their deliverance from bondage and overcoming trials and overcoming trials with the Lord. So Debra, let's jump right in. Uh, I know you you have been through some, I, what I would say, some of the harder trials in life that I of, of anyone that I know personally. So coming through what you've been through, uh, how, and, and we'll touch on a few of those things as we go, I think, but how has the Lord supported you? How have you seen the hand of the Lord support you through the different trials in your life? You know, that's a, that is a really honestly a good question because I, I know it, when people first look at me, they think, wow, she owns a business, but she was struck by lightning, but she's a stage artist. She has, you know, this life that, that people love. However, I when I look at my life, I I I see I see the low points. I see the time that I w- had the depression and I crawled into bed and could barely get out of uh, the when I went through the divorce, the loss of my father, the suicide of my brother. And with all of that, I what I learned from it is really kind of what my mission is is that I through all of these struggles that we're all going to have storms. We're all going to have these self-doubts. We're going to, but through it, as we turn to the Lord in faith, that we can be supported in these trials. And this chapter, this section this week is really one of the sections that that I studied intently for hours going through my divorce. And Mosiah 24 was one of them. And I remember Mosiah 24, 14 is one of the biggest scriptures that I've gone back to so many times in my life because through faith, I was able to get through the challenges, but it was going through the challenges for seven years of that divorce that I felt peace in the middle of the pain. Yeah. And so this Mosiah 24, 14 is, you know, and I will ease the burdens which are put upon their shoulders that even one cannot feel them upon their backs while they are in bondage. And this I will do that they may stand as a witness to be hereafter and that they may know of a surety that I, the Lord God, do visit the people in their afflictions. And Jared, I'm telling you that during that time, I honestly did feel the burdens of the weight of going through those trials lifted. And I felt peace amongst the trials. So he he supported me through faith, but it was, he literally lifted the burdens. Yeah, thanks for sharing. I think that 
if you know, if you were to meet Devery today, you would see kind of what she started off, you know, business owner and stage artist. And I'll pretend like I know what that is. Just kidding. She does makeup on stage, literally a makeup artist on stage. Um, and it, like glamorous, cool, awesome, which is all true. But I think it just kind of goes to show that when we meet people in our life, we don't know what, where they've come from and what they've gone through to get there. We, we, we're seeing the end result as it is, as it stands in front of us that day, not all of the days before that led up to that and that, that made them who they are and what they may be going through right then. Uh, I like that. The, the scripture you pointed out is a great, is, is one of my favorites as well. And um, I, you pointed this out that you, something that you've kind of taken on and, and realized that is your mission in life. And that is to stand as a witness um, because it says, this will I do that you may stand as a witness for me hereafter, that you may know of a surety that I, the Lord God, do visit my people in their afflictions. And the Lord in this specific instance is giving, he's talking to Alma and his people who by no real fault of their own at this point were in bondage. They were a righteous people. They had made covenants. They had been baptized. They were striving to follow savior. And yet they were here put in bondage. And the Lord said, look, I'm going to deliver you. But the reason I've done this, and the reason I'm going to deliver you is so that you can then tell other people about me. You can tell them that it was me that delivered you. You had a hard time. You had these burdens, just like you shared, Devery. It was him. You're going you're gonna to go tell people it was me that lifted those for you. Um, and I think that's a critical point of this of this scripture and, this, and what we can learn. Because it can be easy for the natural man to get through a trial and say, wow, I'm, I'm awesome that I endured that. I'm so great. But the Lord says, no, that's that's not how uh, it should be at all. You need to go tell people that I, 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 I lifted those burdens for you. Right. Well, and I think there's two things, Jarrett, is that he does talk about he visits his people in their afflictions. But I also with this scripture, there's there's two that I love. And the other one is that connects with this. And that is John 14. I think it's. um verse 20 26 and 27 where he talks about the comforter but he says peace i leave with you my peace i give unto you not as the world giveth give i unto you let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid i mean that to me it, it all goes back to that peace that we can feel peace amongst trials and he has promised us that he'll leave that with us he knew that the disciples during that time would go through a bunch of trials but he was going to leave them peace. And yeah. peace is, is one feeling that I think can't be counterfeited. Like love can be counterfeited with lust and happiness with pleasure. But peace can't be counterfeited. It comes from the spirit. I like that. And I think that's a good point because even people, you know, when you lay your head down at night, you there's either peace or there's not and like you said you can't fake that you can't lie about that to yourself you can you can maybe lie about that to other people and you can put on a good face when you wake up in the morning and say that you're happy and everything is good but when you lay down at night and there's and, and it's just you and your in your own thoughts there yeah you can't you can't lie to yourself and whether or not you feel that peace or if there's the, a turmoil i really i love that you brought up that scripture in john and, and pulled in the spirit there because um these people that we've just read about in, in, in Mosiah 24, the people of Alma, they've made those covenants. And it, um, as we make covenants and are baptized, we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
and can have that spirit to be with us and we as we partake of the sacrament each week and as we repent um it's one of those gifts that the lord has given us to help us through these trials so how how have you seen the covenants that you have made give uh give you strength through your trials and through your life well a covenant it actually helps you to understand like for me it helps me to understand really who i am and where i came from where i'm going so when i think of a covenant it is a very of course very very personal to me it is something that i have made somebody else hasn't made me do it i've chosen to make those covenants and i think of it like i would i would probably liken it to a gps that shows us the destination so here's where you can be here's where you're at and here's how to get there and it shows you the route along you know how to yeah. the road that you're going to go along the way so without it without a covenant i don't i don't know where i would be going so to me the covenants are really important because it does help me to know who i am where i'm destined to be and how to get there yeah, thank you. So I do. Let's stop. I want to pause here for a second and let's talk about. I mean, you've alluded to some of those trials that you've gone through. Um, so Devery was struck by lightning, um, and I actually don't even know if I've ever heard much from your like your perspective, other than what you have what you wrote in the book. So reading it. Um, so I'm going to tell it from what I know from my wife and you, I want you to just guide me basically and, and help me through this story. So you, they were at uh, a cabin a house up in the mountains. Um, and they, you were with your husband, right? With Don. Mm -hmm. Yes. And just kind of out in the woods basically. And there a bolt of lightning strikes. And I don't know how, do you know, you know, how far away was Don from you? Oh, he was several hundred feet away. He was actually setting up a tent all the way across the campground. Okay. So uh, lightning strikes and Don looks and sees Debris on the ground now. So they rush over. I don't even know who came. I think some other people came over. And they, I mean, they're, they're probably, what, an hour-ish away from the hospital in St. George. It's probably about how far the, that campground is, you think? Well, he's he drove pretty fast. Yeah, right. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but yes. It's, I mean, it but was... but not close. Not really right. close. I mean, you're no, up. No, not close. And um, and it, they rushed her to the hospital. And I don't even. So what what state were you in? I mean, what do you, you probably don't even remember any of this at this point, right? So it was in southern Utah, and I I remember the actual strike what i don't remember is afterwards i get a lot of that from the story of the family that was there we were oh, at a family God. reunion so um and and i think that you know that's that's a scary traumatic experience where the, i think where the trial really comes for you is after right and it's the recovery and having to learn to do basic every, every motor function basically all over again from feeding yourself and walking and and i mean so what was what was that like for you that must that had to have been mentally challenging and frustrating yeah it it was very actually it was really really scary 
And I, I had short-term memory loss for about a month and a half, two months afterwards. I don't remember that first two to three months after a lot, like it goes in and out. Um, I remember certain things, but even now we call it, you know, oh, was that during the lightning strike time? Because I, they will have told me this story several times and I don't remember, but I think um, the, the scariest, and you would have heard it from your, you know, from your wife, because when she got there, it was like several days after, or maybe it was that I don't even remember. She yeah. came <laughs> after the strike, right? And I know that the story I hear from her is that she would come in and go walk into the, I happened to be sitting in the family room, let's say, and, and she'd walk in and I'd say, Oh, Tasha, did you hear what happened? And I would tell her about being struck by lightning. And then five minutes later, I'm looking at her again and going, Oh, Tasha, did you hear what happened? And I would show her the scars on my body and, and just say it over and over <laughs> because I didn't remember telling her that, but it was very scary to have to have that over again. I do remember waking up at night and thinking, why is my body hurting? And then remembering what had happened. And it did take a good year to really repair from it. But it, you know, I, I, I had to learn to walk, to talk, to, to eat, to do my hair, to think, you know, even to think again. And that, that was a, a scary, scary ordeal. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And, uh, and, uh, and what's interesting to me is, and then you can correct me if I'm wrong, but that's a, that's you know that's a, a lightning moment as you call it, right? Where mm -hmm. not not many people really get struck by lightning, and so it stands out and just contrasting to everyone else's like type of experience. But I would venture to say that the harder trial for you was probably your divorce, and in terms of it, that it lasted longer mentally, emotionally, um, and and the, and the kinds of hurdles that you had to overcome personally. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, that was, uh, it, it was very hard getting through the lightning strike, but I would absolutely say the divorce was just, it shattered my life. It yeah. shattered what I thought my life was going to be like. Well, and the reason I brought that, I bring that up is just because, like I said, not many people get struck by lightning and relate to that type of acute trial but families unfortunately are shattered all the time and heartache and family tr trials and struggles that, that happens to a lot of people and, and and so it's more relatable to i think a lot of people and so i i think from my perspective and from my knowing you you are who you are more from that experience and who you, and the decisions you made to and growing from that experience more than you are from the lightning um, and I, but I think that a lot of people who, I mean, because you've written a book about, called Lightning Moments and that they, they, they kind of associate you with like, oh, she overcame lightning. But to me, I think she overcame this, these other emotional trials and that's who made her the great person that I look up to more, more so than, than the lightning strike. And so I just think that no matter who you are and where, what your trial may be, it's the decisions you make in those trials that shape you. And you don't have to, you don't have to. I mean, sometimes people think, well, I don't, I've, I mean, my life's pretty good. I don't, I haven't really had, but everyone has trials and whatever they are, it's about overcoming them in the moment and turning to the Lord in those trials, because whether they're small or great in your own eyes, 
the Lord is will if you by choosing to follow Him, the Lord will shape you into who He wants you to be. But it's it's those choices that we make in those trials. Um, so I want to go back post lightning strike though here. Actually, I mean you can pick either whatever whatever in point in your life when you just needed help. How how did how have you seen people reach out to you that um, in a way that helped lift you in a time that you needed lifting? So it, it's interesting that that you say, you know, the that divorce really was the changing point for me in my life because it was. So up until that time, I really felt like I had an incredible life. Like I I loved my home. I loved my family. I loved my friends. I, we had the four children. I really loved all of that. And then um, things started to go south and um, and we started going through that divorce. Well, in between all of that, that if that isn't difficult enough, uh, we lose my father. So my father dies very unexpectedly of a heart attack. And a couple years after that, my brother can't take that. He takes his own life. So during that, it's a literally a seven year period. I fell into a very deep depression to where I I shut down emotionally and I crawled back into bed. And it's it's actually a little embarrassing now to, to think about it. Yet, as I do think about it, I'm grateful for it because without it, I wouldn't be who I am today. And it took a lot of faith. Now, I was in my mid 30s at the time. And I will say I had not I didn't have it, my te- my own testimony. I'd always lived on my father's. And so the loss of him was really hard. And I was in the divorce, not just because of, you know, someone didn't want to be married to me anymore. It was mistakes on both sides. We just grew apart and didn't build that family. Um, And I remember working very, very hard to try and keep us together. You know, I remember you know, having, having people come and support me. I had people that were in my ward that came over and literally would have to help me take care of my house, help me take care of my children because I was so depressed. I couldn't do it. And I remember one lady specifically, she was just fantastic. We weren't friends before, but we became friends during this and not like buddy, buddy, let's go to lunch friends, but just, I knew she loved me and I grew to love her. And she was there whenever I needed it. If I needed to call her, whatever. She challenged me to start reading the Book of Mormon. So I started reading the Book of Mormon. And Jared, I would study for hours in a day. And I remember the day, in fact, um, Jacob. It is Jacob chapter 6. The day I gained my testimony, and I know when it was because I have written in in the side of my Book of Mormon, 2.22, I put exactly that it was written in my journal. It says, my testimony is in my journal. And I was reading this, and I remember there were, I actually have circled four um, of this, the verses here, although from three till the very end, which is what, 13? All of them meant something to me because they're just highlighted and marked up. But basically in here, he said, I beseech of you in the words of soberness that you would repent and come with full purpose of heart 
And I remember thinking at the time, okay, I haven't been as faithful as I should be. I haven't been reading my scriptures. I go to church. I served in the church. I served in young women's, but I hadn't gained my own testimony. And I knew I needed to repent and to come with full purpose of heart to him. And then as you go through here, it J- Jacob begins talking to you and he's saying, oh, my beloved brethren, repent and enter in the straight gate. And I remember thinking, I've got to, I need to follow and do the things that Heavenly Father wants me to do. And as he, he finishes up here, he bids a final farewell where he tells us he, that he would see us at the pleasing bar. And I knew at that moment, Jacob will be there when I'm there. And I know a lot of people probably don't put Jacob as one of the big Nephi's or Alma or whatever. But to me, Jacob is that guy. He's going to be there. He's going to meet me there. And he's going to say, I'm so proud of you. I'm proud that you you figured out that straight gate. You went there. And I remember having the conversation with this friend saying, I, I believe this. I honestly believe. I've always knew that God existed. But I know the Book of Mormon is true. I know that this church is true. And that I, I, April or February 22nd is the day that I got my testimony. That's awesome. Yeah. There's, uh, there's a lot that you shared that I have thoughts on, but uh, thank you for sharing that. And I just think that um, when we have these trials and we go through hard times, we all have our agency and we can choose. We can choose to uh, do nothing or we can choose to humble ourselves and to follow the Lord. And as we go through the trials, no matter what, trials are going to keep coming and keep coming in life and immortality. But as we seek to, to find him during those trials and through those trials, he gives us the strength of, like we've already talked about, but he also gives us knowledge like you have just shared. And he, um, uses those to consecrate uh, our affliction for our gain. As a matter of fact, just because you like you like Jacob so much, uh, Lehi, in parting, uh, his parting words to Jacob were, uh, "Nevertheless, Jacob, my firstborn in the wilderness, thou knowest the greatness of God, and He shall consecrate thine afflictions for thy gain." That's what the Lord does for us is if we're going to, everyone good and bad, righteous and wicked, all have trials and immortality. If we choose the Lord and follow him through those trials, he consecrates those afflictions, those trials for our gain. Otherwise we just go through them for what? I don't know. For, for the, for the pain of it, I guess. But if we turn to him, there's, there's something to learn and grow from. And we, come out the other side more like him and more uh, refined having his image graven in our countenances. Um, well, I, I love these scriptures and I've shared in the, in this week's podcast that this section of the book of Mormon, uh, the story of Limhi and the story of Alma and his people and their deliverance is my, if I had to pick a favorite, it's, this is it. Um, there's a lot of reasons for that. And there's a lot of symbol, symbolic, reasons that I think of when I think of trials and being refined. But one of my favorite is comes from Malachi and being refined uh, like silver by, by the refiner's fire. 
And as the refiner purifies the silver and the dross comes up and the impurities boil to the top and he scrapes off those impurities, what's left is a pure metal that is reflective in nature. And as the, the refiner, the Lord, is doing that to us, he, he keeps going, he keeps boiling, and he keeps pulling off that dross, and he keeps boiling out the impurities and getting, getting rid of them until that silver is pure enough to reflect his image, until we reflect his image. Uh, and that refiner's fire is hot, and it's painful, and we all go through those trials, but if we stick with him and we choose him to be our refiner, that's the end, the end, uh, uh, the goal, the, what's waiting for us is to, is being like him. And that's why I said that I thought that that trial made you who you are, because as I've been married to my wife for nine years and we've talked about her, her upbringing and her experience with you and going through her, her experience going through the divorce and things like that. And I've been able to see from this outside perspective how that has shaped you into the person that I know you to be. Um, and it's because of the it's because of the choices you made, and that's how we all have that those decisions. Alma and his people could have given up and said, "Why is this even happening? We just we're awesome people. We just made all these covenants. Like, why would God let this happen?" But that but that's not what they did. Instead, they stick stuck together. They continued to pray, and I would imagine. The Lord's promise to them about easing their burdens echoes so eerily closely to the baptismal covenants that they had made to bear one another's burdens that I can't help but think that the reason he was willing to promise that to them in, in verse 14 that we read earlier is because he saw them doing that with each other and easing. He saw He saw the friend coming over and inviting them to read the Book of Mormon and helping them with their house. He saw that, and so he said, "Okay, then I'm going to help you because I see you helping each other." And those, and, and to me, that's one of the powerful things about the covenants and about being a member of Christ's community in the church, is it gives us a way to help each other, lift each other's burdens, and then the Lord says, "Okay, I see your effort, and now I'll multiply it." So, I mean, maybe we've already talked about this. But how how have you seen how is being a being a part of the community of Christ, the the church? How has that blessed your life? Well, and so I, I had a thought as you were just talking about this friend because she helped me through the divorce. We talked a lot about the gospel. We talked a lot about my gaining a testimony, which she'd had a long time. But it was about, oh, two years or so after my divorce was final and so it would have been five years or so later after she and I had been together, you know, kind of yeah. building that friendship or whatever, that her family suffered greatly. Like they started going through the refiner's fire and hers had to be, hers were things that were in, it was very, it they were in the news. I mean, it was a big topic. It was a lot of, a lot of. what people would, you know, gossip about type of thing. And I remember um, I was working at the time and she was going to, she had to go out of the home and start working. And she started to come and work at the place that I was working at. And I remember people, you know, 
saying, Hey, did you hear about this? And I'm would like, just shut it down and just say, you guys, it's not something we should talk about just because that's who I am, but also it's just not right to do. Anyway, I remember a couple months later, her pulling me aside at church and saying, I have to thank you because I really worried about when I went to work, what it would be like. And she goes, but it wasn't a big topic of gossip. People didn't do it. And she had a really good friend that had known her for years that was there. And she asked her why. And she said, because when it started, Devery said, no, knock it off. It's not something we talk about. So when you're talking about being that part of the community, that's what it is, is that there's safety when we're together. When when you serve people, you learn to love them. And as you serve them, you realize how blessed you are. You also see the blessings that you have because the problems you're going through are never ever as bad as other people go through. Like you can always find somebody that's going through something <clears throat> difficult, right? So being in that community, there's safety in numbers for one thing is that when you can stand with someone who believes what you believe, it does make it easier than having to stand alone. But when you can stand with someone who's going through a trial and help to lift them, maybe they're not, maybe they don't have the same beliefs that you have. Maybe they don't have the same lifestyle that you have. But when you can support them through, through friendship, you bless both lives. And that's what that that's what service is about. That's what being part of a community is about, is to just learn to love each other like Christ would love. And as you do that, you discover how blessed you really are. And all of your problems wider. And mm-hmm. your back is strengthened. And one of the I mean, there's a scriptures in in Alma 34, it's Amulek teaching. And he first teaches the people to pray and he teaches them how to pray. He says, cry unto the Lord. And he goes through all these places where they should cry unto the Lord. And it's basically everywhere over your flocks, in your closets, everywhere. Cry, cry, cry unto the Lord, cry unto the Lord. And then the next, the very next thing he starts talking about is, is serving those in need. And that, that stood out, that stands out to me because he's saying, go pray, cry to the Lord, pray for the things that you stand in need of, pray for your daily bread, pray for the help to overcome your trials. But then when you stop praying, go go help someone else's problem. Go solve someone else's problem. And as we do that, I, we end up being the angel, first of all, that someone else has been praying for, which then allows the Lord to say, hey, I see you keeping your covenants. Why don't I send an angel to you now? Um, and it, But it also just allows us to, like you said, to come together and be bonded. And we never, you never know when it's, when it's going to be you that needs someone to reach down and pick you up. And so as we go throughout our day, as we pray for our needs, um, one thing I try to keep in my mind that I've, I mean, not that I'm good at it, but I try to pray for the things that I need and my family needs. And then I try to look for other people who might need the same type of thing, because if I can serve them, then maybe the Lord will, will be able to reveal to me a way in which my burdens can become light. Um, and But that way it's a two for one, right? Someone else's burden and my burden. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. 
Okay, well, I've got just one more question for you, and it's my fault because I forgot to pre prepare you for it, so we're going to drop it on you. President Nelson said in October conference that if we prepared, the April conference would be not only memorable but unforgettable. So obviously there's world events and coronavirus and the physical differences in conference being in a different building with only – those speaking present, etc. But I want to ask you: In what ways will April 2020 conference be unforgettable to you? Well, there are so many because when we listened to the music and we heard them singing in all of the different languages in the different countries, when when we when they stood up there and they talked and they talked about how we would get through this, that this isn't, you know, it's not like they said, Hey, it's, this is not the end, but they did say, you know, Holland said things will get better. We'll get through this. I, I think for all of us, we were suffering at that time. We were in, we're in bondage to, at a sense, you know, like mm -hmm. we are not living a normal life. Right. But if we look at, if each one of us would look internally and say, okay, what do I need to learn from this? Which is exactly what I did. We, as I made the notes for conference, I said, okay, what are the things that I'm not doing now that I need to do? And I found a list of things. I One of them was patience. For me, patience has been a very difficult thing, but patience is so closely tied with faith so closely tied with faith and so you know when people look at my life now they, they literally it i have a life that that people say oh why don't i have that you know like i have a great relationship with my husband we we have really a fan if people say these are my relationship goals you know we're business owners we have great a great tie with our family however it's not always been that way. And, and I think in conference I was able to look at that and, and see, you know, there are things that I want that I'm not that I'm not getting. Come with your questions. Well, I came with my questions and I what I got was you're being impatient. And at that moment, it helped me to realize that it suggested that I was thinking I knew better than Heavenly Father did for my life. My patience is being tried. And at this moment, I'm not. My life is not exactly how I want because I have a home in Southern Utah. I'm running a business in Northern Utah, living in a town home and, and I'm not, can't be with my family the whole time. Cause I'm, you know, so even though I have these great things in my life, we still struggle. But what I realized during that conference is that, and I believe it was, um, Irene's talk when he said, the Lord is here. He knows us. He loves us. He knows our needs. And this takes me back to the study for this week, thinking, am I going to be like the people of Limhi who have to be compelled to be faithful? Or will I have patience and be faithful and choose this day to be that disciple of Christ? And listening to that, conference helped me to realize I made a list of the things I know that I need to do so that when the time is right, I am prepared and I will be called, you know, that he will be, he will want to call me and say, you're ready, come forward. And 
in order to do that, I need to realize that he knows who, who I am. He, my life is where it's supposed to be right now. I need to be happy where I'm at and not be impatient. Just be patient. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I love that because there are a lot of things that you could pick out. And I love that you picked something that's unforgettable to you, that it's so personal, that it was an answer to a specific question. Um, the reason I love that is because that's an experience that we all can have every conference if we prepare and if we go with the right spirit and with the right questions and uh, ready to listen to the word of the prophet and to the word of the Lord. That doesn't have to be an April 2020 special bicentennial conference experience, right? That that can be in every conference. That can be in that can be in every time an ensign is released. That can be in every time you study the Book of Mormon or scriptures type of experience. If we go to the Lord with that type of preparation and humble heart and with questions. So thanks for sharing that. Um, Debbie, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Uh, everyone, like I said, check her out. Uh, DebriFicklin.com. She's a great writer, motivational speaker, and just an all-around great person. And I, uh, I'm really grateful for her being in my life and especially for her uh, giving me my wife. So, <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, thanks uh, for listening, and we'll talk next week.